Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. Hey, this is John Cooper, and you're listening to Missing Curfew. Fella, my man. The up dog. Fella Friday continues. And who better than this beauty? Coach Coop. Coop. I think he needs no introduction, although I got a little intro page here by my boy Max. Max um, he's got, Maxie's ready to rock for the upcoming season. Good Western leaguer here, by the way. Where's he from? Prince, Prince George, George. British Columbia. Yeah. Young, too. I'm not going to give away his age, but he's young. Uh, <laughs> listen, longest tenured coach in the NHL currently. He's been coaching, and he talks about this since 2012. His 12th year coming up. Pretty good success this, this he's, young yeah. man's had. I mean, if you're, yeah, you had a great question. If you're a young and up-and-coming coach now, if I was, John Cooper would be the guy I called to reach out for some advice. I mean, look at this rap sheet there. Rap or sheet. resume, I should say. I remember getting to Florida, too, and it was his first, maybe first. <laughs> me and, you have, me and you have rap sheets. He has resumes. And he got his team right away playing well. Like, you could tell he came in, players coach, had success, you know, call it out of high school, college. AHL. Um, AHL. And then now two-time Stanley Cup champion and well-deserved, a four-time Eastern Conference champ. Calder Cup champ. Um, and then what a legend, Liz Gaza Ranch. I mean... Jealous. Doesn't need any more introduction than that, but um, you know they're starting off training camp, and we've been diving into some some people, asking mm-hmm. a lot of questions on how camp's going. But this is a nice insight from a coaching standpoint, and uh, we'd we love to play for this guy. We should be living at Garza Ranch. Why, love why did I not? Why did we not buy a place at Garza Ranch? Fucking ten years. Are we like, God? Imagine spending the summers there. Why not? Nice? He's got us. Get a couple more spots. I can't afford it now. It's yeah, too expensive now. But we could have we could have backdoored our way into old Gaza Ranch, oh, hanging out with Rusty and Coop and Moral. Just America's best guest. Yeah, I'm you not know. getting the invites like I used to either. I think people, I think the fucking cats out of the bag. <laughs> uh, so, Coach Coop coming up, Bella. Welcome back to Mister Curfew, Up Dog, our man. Um, I know, guess so. Two-time Stanley Cup champ. You know, listen, he'd be a member of the All Beauty team too. Um, he's been great to us over the years. He's become a good friend of Missing Curfew. You got, he gave us the first T-shirts. He was the first guy to take his shirt off of Missing Curfew too. I thought it was going to be you, but he, he came <laughs> out with that. So, uh, John Cooper, Coop, thank you so much, my man. So, listen, this is obviously your office, and we are buddies now. But I got to think, if I played for you, I might have been in there a couple times with you. Would you disagree with that or agree with that? <laughs> So this one, not maybe it's why so good. We're in a practice rink, so we're not here as much. But I don't know. I never got to see your practice habits. Poppy, how were they? How well, were, how were his I caught habits? the summer uh, habits, and when he showed up, they were pretty good, actually. 
They're pretty good. Not a lot of backhand sauce. I mean, his D partner, there's a lot of batting pucks down. Those never-ending sauces were coming rink-wide at you. <laughs> Coop, Coop, I always had the saying, if we had the puck, they can't score, fellow, right? I mean, if we have it, how can they score, Coop? That's true. That's the best defense. <laughs> uh, listen, buddy, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, first of all, you know, how was your summer? We, we, all, we all know the last three years of, of your hockey club, the success you've had uh, with the two cups and three finals and Listen, I thought you played a hell of a series against the Leafs. It didn't go your way. But looking back now after a nice summer off, you must be feeling nice and refreshed and, and maybe a little more excited. I don't know. How are you feeling? So three finals in a row. And, uh, and you know, going to the third one uh, was such a grind. I was so proud of the guys, you know, getting that far. Unfortunately, we lost to an exceptional Colorado team. Uh, but it was tough. And I remember coming back that year for our third run and it train camp was tough. Like I actually purposely made training camp light just so it didn't feel like such a grind when we came in and, and we, it, it was honestly, it was tough coming to the rink like from day one, you got to game, we were in game four. I think we started, we might've started one and three or something happened. And it was, uh, it was, it was tough. So we went to the file. Then the next year we come back and again, like it, the guys, I got to give them so much credit for what they did and how they came back. We were missing some guys to start the year, and we eventually made the playoffs again. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't our turn. And Toronto played well and and uh, and knocked us out, and we were crushed because we thought we played a pretty good series. And we didn't win. So then it was like, now what? Like, it's the season ended, you know, two weeks ago, and now we're out. Uh, but as it went on, and, you know, I going back and looking at the series, we needed a break. And for so many different reasons, not only to heal the physical wounds, but the, the mental battering we've taken. And I've probably given these guys over like pushing their buttons for, uh, for three straight or four straight postseasons. Uh, I think it was great. And so, uh, offered guys opportunities to go on vacations. They hadn't been able to go on before, including myself. And, um, and so, it was uh, coming back. I guess we've never had this many guys back in so early um, because it's so hot here. Guys don't come back, and we everybody was here like a month early. So they've been uh, really excited to get back, and I can see a renewed energy uh, in uh, training camp this year. So, Coop, when you talk about yourself as a coach and, and and everything you just went through with those three years, did you have some time this summer to maybe reflect and sit back and? not make adjustments to how you're going to coach, but just maybe take a breather for yourself and, and look back on the success you have had and maybe things you might want to change moving forward. Or did you have any time for yourself to just kind of soak it in? Uh, we, There's no question. And I, I, I we hadn't been out, gone on a vacation with my wife. I couldn't even tell you how long. So we actually, uh, we actually went to Europe. And uh, so we got to go to Italy and then we went to Greece. My, uh, one of my best friends got married in Greece. So that was kind of her excuse to go over there. So that was great at the end of June to be able to go through that. And then we came back through, um, you know, for free agency. But before we did that, we spent a lot of time as a staff saying, okay, how do we need to evolve with this game? Because when you go to three straight finals, it's kind of hard to change stuff. And the guys look at you and say, well, coach, why are we tweaking this when this is, we've had so much success. I can't argue with the boys. So there's been preparation for quite some time now of, hey, 
how can we make ourselves better with the personnel we have and some of the guys we've changed out how is like because we got to keep up with the times and and what's going on and so um our staff did a great job with that so you know are we tweaking some things we are and us it's in the the personnel we have uh we think it's going to help us and so um pretty excited about that because you know little change is good and whether you're changing your team and players whether you're changing a little bit your system uh, i think it you know keeps guys on their toes a bit and so uh it was great for that and and then once we kind of figured all that stuff out um we had our summer to ourselves uh, until i brought all the boys out to idaho for uh for meetings yeah. at the end of for, some, for, some, for some team building. Yeah, we've been, building, Coop. We've, we've been in those meetings, Coop. <laughs> hey, j- just to jump on, um, you know, the, the evolution you were talking about of your team, the, the NHL is often referred to as a copycat league, right? All the teams don't make the playoffs, all the coaching staffs, and, you know, we, we had a chance to talk with Talk over playoffs, but he's watching film and he's watching teams. And, yeah. you know, for, for years, Coop, Teams were watching you, and the teams were watching how you guys were built, how your goaltending from from goaltending to forwards to to the additions to make your team depth better. What did you take out of last year's playoff run when there's a couple new teams at the top, and and the Vegas Golden Knights play the way they do, and the Edmonton Oilers are built like they are? Do you do you focus on your group still, or do you look at what won the year past? Is it something that kind of comes into mind? So it's it's a little okay, so a little bit of both. What I have found is the recipe has not changed. You got big, strong, fast skaters. <laughs> it doesn't matter for years. That that kind of that really helps. Yeah. Uh, it helps to have superstars naturally. But uh, I think the great thing about the playoffs is they're just that first round. I always say there's so much chaos in the first round, and you just got to get out of it. And once you get out of the first round, then who knows what happens? And Florida is like a perfect example of that. Uh, you know, they were down and out, down 3-1. I think they were even losing, correct me if I'm wrong, with like a minute and a half left in game seven. And they found a way to pull that out. All of a sudden, you know, your team gels and now you roll. And so I've always found like, you know, big message to our guys is always that. It's like, you just, you got to grind through that first round because it's so much chaos. And then you go. Now, system-wise, it's interesting because you look at some teams and whether a team plays man-to-man or zone or a little bit of hybrid in between, uh, depending on personnel of other teams, some teams, for instance, will excel against a certain system and some teams struggle. And so that's another thing about the is matchups matter, who you run into. When we won our cups, there were teams that were like, oh my gosh, thank goodness I got knocked out. <laughs> who knows how it would gone for sure. You know, or like, it's you know a team lost some players and you're like oh man that kind of went our way and so and then when you lose you, the same things happen against you and you're like oh gosh this is going to make it tough on us so but I do look at our team and first and foremost you have to look at the personnel you have and you have to go from there I, I don't think you can just copycat uh, uh, somebody's system and say okay this is good for us but I do believe everybody's system works it's just you got to get your guys to buy into it. And then when they perfect it and they're doing everything in the system, I think you can have success. But it's the buy-in, uh, not so much the exact system, I think, that actually works. 
It is training camp, Coop, here, but I'm going to ask you a playoff question again because you, you, you asked about how, how the round one is complete chaos, and, and, and I love the way you handled yourself in the media. I love the way you handled yourself this year against the Leafs, but you said after game one, which you guys won, that game one is overrated, and I sat back and I was like, fuck, I wonder what Coop means because as a player, I was always like, up dog, we got to get game one here. Let's make a fucking statement, boys, and go get these guys, and you made that. So can, can you explain it to me, I guess, and our listeners, what you meant by game? Don't overreact, I guess, win or lose, right? Win or lose. So you look at both the playoff series we played against the Leafs, the team that won the series lost game one. Yeah. And it's, it, you don't want, like, of course, do you want to win game one? Naturally, you do. You know, you want to cut this down, and all of a sudden now a team's got to beat you four and six times, and all that, that mathematic works. But uh, that, that game one, there's so much going on. Like, the players are running at each other. Like, they're, everybody's so excited it's like the, it's like everybody's on roid and it's just like go 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 and you want you just get through that game and and but look what happened we won that game we lost chernak we lost headman we lost leisman yeah. and so now like it becomes holy cow like look at the things that are happening now most often you don't lose you know to guys to injury like that in, in game one but it is a marathon, it's not a sprint. And you have to have your guys understand that. Like, it's not the biggest thing it's for us. Is it's okay if you lose game one. You don't want to. We're not telling the yeah, guys that. But it's like, hey, everybody take a breath. Because we haven't figured them out yet. And you go in these regular season games and you're playing like Anaheim one night, LA the next night, and then you're in San Jose, it's three and four, and you're playing different systems. You're playing a team potentially seven times in a row. You can start figuring these guys out. And even in those runs we've made, you know, the, the, the year before when we, we lost to Leafs in game one, won the series. Um, we lost to the Rangers. We were down 0-2 against the Rangers that year and came back and won the series. So it can't, there is a little thing about figuring guys out. You just can't fall too far behind. Yeah. And so that's why I say game one's a luxury if you get it, but by no means does that mean you're going to win the series. Coop, this is another personal question coming from me, fella. Um, my playoff success, like when I won a game, I thought we're going to win the Stanley Cup. Here we go. What am I doing? Then we lost the game. I'm like, we're done. We're done. Fuck, we're done. How long? Oh, so you were. I was an emotional like roller coaster. I was the. I was the highs and lows, Coop. I was like, we got these guys, and oh no, now we're, like. Obviously, you probably were to that extent, but maybe some of your like. When did you learn like to be kind of like that? Because we all know you guys had a little bit of struggle at the start, and then you like, how long did it take to be like, boys? It's only one game. You think about when I started in this league and when you first, when I first got the job uh, back in 2013 and then we start going through the year and uh, I remember we made the playoffs against Montreal and we, we got swept. Uh, but I remember like living and dying on every play and like, I don't have a ton of hair as it is. I mean, it's, it's going <laughs> as, it, as it is. I would have had way less had I not controlled my emotions and taken a step back. And you know, everybody made fun of me for a long time and taking it out on my gum that I was chewing. And and uh, it, it, it's, yeah, like part of you is, is I'm a believer that your team will kind of mirror how you're acting as a coach. So if you're getting emotional and you're going nuts, you know what? Your guys are probably going to be, they're going to be feeling that too. And and all of a sudden they might respond that way. And so, you know, you take a step back, you look, you watch, you digest, and then you start seeing patterns and things like that. And then you adapt. But early in my career, oh man, like I was, I was living and I was like you, I was the roller coaster <laughs> up and down. And, 
And so uh, I had to control that in me. And I think over time, experience is a big thing. Like I say, you go and take your written driver's test and you may pass it with flying colors. That doesn't mean like you can drive a car. Yeah. You still have to get behind the wheel and, and drive the car. That's when you find out if you're a good driver. Part of that for me was learning behind the bench in the NHL, how to coach in the NHL. I knew how to coach. I just didn't know how to coach quite the way NHL coaches coach, and I had to learn that. Doesn't mean you can parallel park in a tough spot, eh? Coop doesn't mean you got to live in the city for that. But well, now, hey, hey, New York City. Yeah, and those kids now, like these cars, you just push a button and the damn thing does it for you. It's just a little love tap, eh? You get that guy? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, hey, Coop. I I can squeeze that in there. I make that play. My last, so my year I went to St. Louis, it was, you know, a little bit later in my career, but I got to play for Ken Hitchcock at the time. And he said something to me interesting before training camp. He said, you know, I went in on a PTO actually too. I'll just throw that out there. Um, He said, Uppy, this group of guys here, I've been with them a long time. And, you know, so have you in Tampa. These guys there's nothing left for me to do with them. They need to govern themselves. They need to take the next step together. I don't have to do a thing. They they have the game plan. Is that as that sort of mentality ever been part of your philosophy now that you've been with these guys forever? Like, do you know what you get out of these players where you can just say, my leaders know what they do. They can lead by example and they go out. I've given them the game plan. Like, is, this, so, is that sort of a mentality? Hitch, Hitch, yeah. is, uh, Hitch is dead on. Okay, and I think part of this reason is why I became a coach and why I left law and, and what this is my personality. I always have this saying, uh, on bad teams, nobody leads. On good teams, coaches lead. On great teams, players lead. And that's, I, I'm a true believer in that. And so what happens, I, the biggest joy I get, other than raising the Stanley Cup is, if you have that opportunity, is taking a group of 23 guys or 22 guys and by the end of the year making them one. I say that you, you know when you're going to win because after you've gone through that regular season, you're standing on the bench and you don't even have to call the lines out and the guys are just doing it. Like basically, you know, you get, you know you're, you're going to win is when you just sit in the back and watch. Yeah. And all the, the team knows exactly what they're doing. They know who's going out. They know when they're going out. And that's kind of that cool like warm feeling inside where you're like, yeah. oh my God, this is, this is unreal. The guys are just doing it themselves. And you know, obviously as a team, you, you're a big part of that, but that's when you know you kind of got something. Hitch is right. They coach themselves, but at the end, you know, you got a good chance of winning. Yeah. You get in that flow state, they call it. Eh? Yeah. Or it just it's all slow. And the boys know exactly. I played for some that's teams. Uh, yeah. I played for some teams where we were coaching ourselves, but we weren't coaching it the right way, Coop. I'm like, quit turning that over. Like, whose guy was that? Hey, what's up, what's up yeah. my guy? Hey, hey. Well, I mean, the coach, yeah, coaching, the coaching would be, should have been at 7 p.m., not at yeah. 3, 3 a.m. Hey, Coop, we're obviously, you know, training camp start here, and, you know, this is going to be not, probably not going to shock you, but I, I wasn't a big fitness testing guy. I, I, you know, I wasn't huge into it, and I didn't think that it really mattered, you know, results on the ice, like, Everybody's in shape now, but Coops, can't you tell once comp camp starts, like you can tell what guys maybe put the extra work in, or is that fitness testing that important to you? You, you see what I'm trying to say here? Like you can tell as a guy, like once the puck drops and camp starts, who's in shape, who's not. Okay, so here's what I have to say about that. So if people get judged on strength. All right, so who is I? Who is the kid that uh, couldn't do the pull-ups or whatever? Was that? Uh, 
at it anyway. Oh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Was it Ryan Nugent <laughs> Hopkins? I couldn't do a I couldn't do a pull up. He's a hell of a player. You know, to look further, this guy across the mic. I, I, I don't want. I can't drop the name, dude. But anyway, I coached against a kid. He's a <laughs> he's a hell of a player, and so sometimes guys do have to get stronger. But you know. Like if I saw Nikita Kucherov come into my room and all of a sudden he's just cut and ripped and benching two twenty, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I want that, you know, because that's not the way he is. That's not the way he operates on the ice. His strength, his quickness, and elusiveness, and seeing the ice and all that stuff. You know, these guys have benchmarks about when they come in, and you know when they're in shape. Um, but I'm not always the guy that's sitting here saying, "Oh my God, if he didn't improve his bench press." you know, you're out. No, that, that's not how it is for me. Everybody should be, you know, you, you judge the guys on their body type and how they are and how, you know, what makes them work. And, um, and so I, I'm probably a, a little bit on your side, Obi and some of that stuff. Uh, but you can't come in, you know, come into camp saying like, Oh, I'm going to get in shape in camp. No, like I, I, you know, we're out right now. I guarantee you, 32 teams in this league could play a game right now and have no problem with it. That's how in shape these guys are. And so it's the, the things completely change, but I don't sit here and say, Hey, you can't do, you can't bench press 150, 10 times, you know, you're on the bench. till you do that. I, I don't believe in that. Yeah. How was today, by the way? So how was day one? Are these guys, are they going out like game one of the playoffs? Are they, are you easing them into it? Are you seeing, you know, did you get the whistle going and the boys, you know, Board to board at the end yeah, of this one? <laughs> we had a, yeah, we had a couple of battles today. Just, it's great. You get those competition things going. Yeah, you got you to make sure the guys know. They've been, they've been on the ice, but they haven't touched each other. So, uh, you know, it's always good. I'll, I'll find a way to pair the guys up that are buddies that I know are going to be tripping each other the entire time or your guys that are from the same country overseas. You put them against each other and it always just elevates everything. So, uh, I like to create a bunch of competition uh, in camp, and uh, and so I think that's it's it's good. It's like when the when the boys see like that your big boys battling and grinding. Uh, I love that. It elevates the camp. Coop, is there a guy that you you know as the season goes on, or you, you get in some lulls or really big highs? Do you got a do you got a mentor? Do you got a guy that you often reach out to to? to level you out or ask questions to, has there been a guy throughout your, you know, through your career that you reach out to, or is there someone, maybe the younger guy that's, that you're helping out nowadays? You know, what's crazy. It's like, I, I always kind of look at myself as like, I'm always kind of eyes wide open. I'm like, I just feel like I'm the young guy. I don't know. I've it's always been like that. Maybe it's just the naivete of me or, but apparently I'm one of the older guys now. <laughs> I, I get calls from people and I'm like, why are you calling me? Oh, right. I guess I've been in the league for a little while. Uh, you know, there was like, you, you there's naturally guys you respect. And uh, honestly, it's Scotty Bowman. Uh, he, he comes to so many of our games. And uh, by the way, Scotty, I don't know, he probably don't know if he listens to this, but he just turned, uh, he just turned 90. Happy birthday. Wow, a couple days ago. Wow. That's yeah, insane. Scotty, happy birthday. Yeah. And so he's a guy that, you know, he'll sneak down and, and talk, and then I'll just, he probably doesn't realize I'm wanting these questions answered, but he he's always a wealth of knowledge. Like, he's he's as smart today as he was when he was 20. Like, it's he's got such a wealth of knowledge, so it was always good to pick his brain when it's coming along. 
Yeah, you're right about that. I, I had Scotty on your boy Steve Cooley's show last year. I helped out Cool on the power play, and Scotty Bowman came on, and and how sharp he still was, Coop, and how he knew the the stories from back in the day and the players oh. still. And it was I was like, wow, this guy's impressive. It's it's amazing. And so he you know he lives down here in Florida, so he sneaks into so many of the games, and so does uh, Jimmy D, Jimmy Devolano, and they're just uh, just a wealth of knowledge. They've seen it all, and and so be remiss if you aren't trying to pick the brain a little bit. Coop, uh, you know, last season we were lucky enough in the Stadium Series game we got to, you know, hang out with you and hang around your guys you had. And obviously we're good buddies with Patty Maroon and Corey Perry. And, you know, we, we get it. It's a business. <laughs> Things move on. Um, you, you lost some veteran guys is what I'm saying, Coop. I know how much those guys meant to you. What's it going to be like? Yeah. Who are you leaning on? Um, how's it going to be without having those glue guys around? And guys I know that meant a lot to you. That's tough. And I, I don't make any bones about it, right? Uh, I'm glad that the reason guys move on is because, you know what, they have a small window to make some money. And so when a team has success, I just tell all the boys, you'll have success. And whether that's personal on the ice or, you know, financially, eventually you'll get that. And, and I've got to watch so many of these players that we've had here move on and, and do well because, like I said, everybody's career, you never know when it's going to get cut short. And so, uh, we've had some unbelievable people here, uh, really dear to me that are probably more than, you know, coach player relationship. They become friends. You know, Patty Maroon, I coached when he was 16, um, for two years in junior, got him again when, when he was in pro and, and, uh, we've had a lot of success together. Maybe we won championships in junior and in the NHL. Um, and you know, so it's a different relationship when, you know, I'm, I know him when I was, he was 16. You know, guys like Corey Perry, uh, I, I just can't say enough about about that guy. And and for whatever he's going to bring to Chicago, if you're looking for somebody to mentor somebody, there's your guy. I, there's nobody more nails than, than that guy. And, and he's such a, he's like a coach on the bench. Just always says the right things. He, he's just got a presence about him but, and, and then Kalorn, and you just go down the list. Like, Killer's been, I've been his only pro coach, and he's, you know, 700 games in. And so, so how much these guys meant to, to that chapter of the last decade of Lightning Hockey. But I'm also happy for them because we had our run together. They're going on to, to their new chapter, but there'll always be a special place in my heart for them. There'll always be Bolts. They always put their stamp on us winning. And so uh, I guess the only positive out of this is that they all went to the West. Yeah, yeah. Don't have to see it. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. You're like between Kelly yeah. and Ross Colton, everybody went to the West. Yeah. So like, happy yeah, that. Ross Colton, another kid. I, I know you love his game. I love that kid's game too. You might have yeah. the best Corey Perry fucking line of the year last year. They're like, they go, hey, Coach Coop, how long do you think Paris could play for you? Like, I don't know. How long do worms live for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long do worms live for. I was like, "Fuck, Coop, that that is great." But hey, hey, Coop, just parlaying that all those guys you lost, you still got your core foundation. And I heard a comment from your big boy on the back end. I believe it was this morning, maybe yesterday. About it was a long summer. It's time to go. Camp is short. It's about details. It's about almost saying like, "Okay, here we go, boys." So it's gotta be nice to know that you still have your core group of guys. And a guy like Victor had been saying, "All right, for you new boys, let's go. Training camp has started." Yeah, I, I don't want anybody to sit here and say, uh, you know, I feel sorry for us and that uh, 
<laughs> yeah, no. we, we don't have anything. Like you know, we've got a fabulous core down the middle uh, in in Vassy, and and we've got some big time defensemen, and and everywhere I can go down Cooch and Stammer and Point and Sorelli and Heavy. And just go down the list of these guys. That's a phenomenal core, and they're still all in their prime. Uh, we've just had that because of cap constraints is we've just got to filter and everything around them. As sad as it was to lose the guys we have, it does, you know, it does bring opportunity for others, whether it's in our organization or bringing some of these guys in and, and Shiri comes in like phenomenal kid and, and Glenn Denning, he's already joking around. They, they did a little, he was doing these face off drill against pointer today. And the big joke for him was like, Oh my God, I've been on the wrong side of this face off for so many years. And, uh, but it's, you know, Calvin DeHaan, I had him at world championships, just a complete glue guy for us. And so, you know, you're getting to know some, some other kids and, and, uh, you know, we, we did a great thing in the, in the league, uh, two weeks ago where we brought all of the, the league did a phenomenal job of bringing all the coaches and all the GMs. And we went to Chicago for, for a day and a half. And it was great to see all these guys, but you know, you talk about players and it was kind of an intimate setting for all of us and you know they talk about some of these guys that we we are on our team now well they were talking about them the same way i talk about Stiller, perry maroon you know go down the list goudreau coleman gore like all those guys and so it's pretty cool that you know i think our scouts did a great job in bringing some of the players in that i think are going to be you know fit right into the bolts uh went yeah, I agree. One more guy, Tyler Mott. I like that pickup for you guys. Tyler Mott's yeah. a kid that, I mean, you know this better. Like he, screener, yeah, yeah, he'll block shots. He'll penalty kill. He'll play up. I, I think Tyler Mott's going to be a nice fit for, for you boys as well. I think so. Think about that. We were chatting today with, uh, so my, back in 2002, I think it was, I coached uh, Honeybaked in Detroit. So I coached the midget major team uh, there. And, and so Motter played. He was a honeybay kid. He came 10, 10 years after me, but so we have a good laugh about uh, the old. Did you did you win a championship day. there too? Did you win a championship there too? Or <laughs> uh, no, I only only claimed that. Well, actually, we had a hell of a team. Uh, but I remember that was the year uh, Sid the kid was uh, on Shattuck, and we oh, played wow. them, and and so our, our you know we actually beat them that the one game in a tournament. Our teams were so good. We were playing this tournament in uh, I think it was Madison. Wisconsin and we both had been upset so the teams that were moving on and there were so many scouts there that want to see us play they rearranged the tournament just so <laughs> the Honeybake and Shattuck could uh could play and it was a hell of a game and um but no that was the uh we did not win the state championship that year Coop, one thing, one uh, last guy I want to talk to you about here. We got a couple fun ones for you after that. Is a kid tenor, you know, that I absolutely love uh, from a personal level. Yeah. How's he looking? He's an old school pro to me. When you guys got him, uh, I I love that pickup. How's he fitting in? And how's he looking so far? I know camp just started, but since he's got the town, you know, guys want to come in here and do do so well, and then they go and you know they, in their eyes, because they haven't pointed, they don't feel like they're doing well, and that's my biggest, you know. We try and impart the guys like, listen, you don't have to score. We didn't just go play your game. Let everything feel out. You got like for ten games until you start feeling our vibe, knowing what we're about. And I remember like Blake Coleman didn't score forever. Goody didn't score. Like guys are coming in here like, oh my god. I remember David Spard came in and he's like, 
holy cow, like, I feel like I'm letting you guys down. I'm like, no, you guys, you've been unreal. And the same with Gino. Gino came in, he was felt, he was struggling. He was, and, and we we're like, he just keep plugging away. And then he and unreal for us. Like, Ooh, this kid is now he's coming to his own. And then he had that awful ankle roll against the Islanders. Yeah. And it just completely set him back. And you know how hard those are to come back from. And so, uh, that was tough on him, but he's coming in here now. He's in unreal shape. You talk about a guy who's doing that fitness testing. You don't want to, uh, you don't want to land the bench press beside him. Yeah, no, he looks just like a Saskatchewan just <laughs> uh, beast. Yeah, he'd be fun oh, to yeah, play with. He's yeah. on a line because you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, Oppie would have been, oh, yeah, yeah. been six I'd inches love, yeah. taller. He's oh, my oh, perfect my line God. mate. Oppie yeah. always used to say, I only got one thing, boys. Hey, coach, I need a tough guy on my line. That's the only thing I need. I need a tough guy on my line. Yeah, but Coop, he's, uh, he's as tough as I get. I know what you mean in that regards because my rookie year, I got traded to Tampa, and it was two years after they won the cup. And I walked in there. I didn't know anybody on the team. I walked in. It was Vinny LeCavier, Marty St. Louis, Brad Richards, yeah. Dan Boyle, John Tortorella. Two years ago, I watched these guys, or three years ago, watched them, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, so I, yeah. I, I'm sure that's human nature for some of these guys after the run you've been on that. Man, I got to jump in right away and, and get it going for these fellas. Well, yeah. And then plus, you look at all of a sudden, like if you get traded for a first round pick, like the guys wear it and they're like, wow, I got traded for that. Like, uh, Hegel got traded for two first round picks. And so they come in here like Hagel didn't score forever, you know. Like coming in, he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it!" And and so they just wear it. And it's you can sit here and tell them all the time, "Don't worry about it, don't worry about it." But they do worry about it, and it's human nature. Like when you get traded, it's different for guys. Like Janot had never been traded, Hagel never been traded. Uh, so it's 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 just the range of emotions. I've really learned, you know, I I kind of know how to deal with it but uh, it's hard for players because uh it, they need they have a, they need a little like grace period to uh get their mind straight hey tell those boys not to worry they're not the worst player to get traded for a first round in that franchise jay feaster gave up a first round pick for me so tell those boys just to take a deep breath because that will go down as maybe the worst trade like a picture on the wall feaster gave up a first oh, rounder no. for me but old jay i don't know what jay know, but hey bud you were uh, yeah but we'd never guess the uh the hot dog story with torts and the baseball like we wouldn't get that story if you weren't traded to tampa that's that's, that's true all the video guys fault I, nigel yeah. i love that guy. lots nigel oh my god yeah he's yeah hey. so, did he sell yeah did he, did, did he the one, that he, that one he's the one yeah. Man, fuck, i didn't even there wasn't iphones back then i don't torts must have had it i don't know if <laughs> nigel pulled the camera out of his pocket the old handheld but yeah coop they had me two foot longs two beers i would go <laughs> oh geez hey Coop so our listeners you know a lot of talk over the years about our time at Discovery Properties and and Gaza Ranch we love it you spend your summers there how was the bull rush I heard you hosted a couple of my boys and uh I heard you make one hell of a charcuterie board bro how come I've never tried your charcuterie board? <laughs> <laughs> so for yeah that's it's kind of the end of the summer kickoff so let, let's take a step back here okay so i was i was actually so sometimes i play the bull rush sometimes i go play another member guest i was playing another member guest something happened but my partner couldn't play so they're like coop you gotta play in the bull rush i'm like okay but now it's a week before so this is why i'm like man maybe i should get into the podcast after i'm i'm done coaching because i call Opie and i'm like hey your voice, your voice wanted to come up here, the gods. Yeah, I have. Come be, come, come be my partner. And right away, he's like, ah, oh, Coop, I'd love to, but uh, 
I'm going to Ireland. They go. Wow, this podcasting really must be working out for you guys. So he's like, and every time I'm like, oh, no, no, I can't. I'm going to be here. So my uh, thing, you know, was really fortunate. My brother came up. Anyway, so there's, everybody's always like bringing in guests and they need places to stay. And so my kids had gone back to school. So everybody left the house. And so I hosted uh, a few um, guys in the league that came up and it was, uh, it was, it was fun. We'd meet at the end of the night and I'd like to hear their story. It was good stuff. <laughs> but yeah, Obi. Yeah, it blew me off for Ireland. So then, and then we well, listen, I had to go over there and get a hole in one yeah, coop. Sorry, but I had to go over there and get a hole in one fella. Yeah. <laughs> that was a actually that was a pretty exciting FaceTime. Yeah. You guys yeah, you guys over there. I I so just so I you know, I've, just so you know, I've already blocked off next year for the bull rush. <laughs> so I hope you don't have another partner because I already got it on my calendar. <laughs> the uh it's a it's so much fun that tournament. And the the hockey crew is really represented well. So it's uh it's a ton of fun, but I, let's like, all right. Let's just talk about the hole in one real quick. I'll walk you out. Yeah, you you nearly got blown over. It was so windy. So for it to go in, you must be shanked. You must be <laughs> cooking so far right or, or so far left to blow it back. It had to be one of the worst shots possible that ended up being like the greatest ever. Coop, I got it. He's the I, Irish gods. Coop, no, listen. Gods. His eighty-three-year-old caddy Mo. Maurice, he told him to hit it right over that bunker. And if you would have seen the way he was hitting golf balls in Ireland, you would die. He was taking divots that were like a foot and a half long, just exploding down on a coop, exploding the grass. But I mean, little green, miss- green keepers, oh, little missiles, right? And this one, Coop, I can't say he mishit it at all, but he hit it on the screws, and it landed on the front of the green with a nice one hop on this on the back hill and it started rolling down and boy did it enter that back door oh back door yeah i went was... side door sally little back door and i threw my hat coop i picked up up he was more excited than me i picked him up i almost had a fucking i almost had a heart attack coop he's like let's run i'm like up i might go down here. i don't want to die when i get a hole in one here but um let's just say i hit it hard coop it would have got down 200 feet if it was a penalty kill it would have got down so it like i said i've never had one up here i'm sure you you, I, had, I had a you, pair. I got a pair. Just like you got but, two uh, cups, least, I got so two, you, two old. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, uh, like, did you get to see a drop? Yeah. Like, yes. I, guys have told me that, like, oh, I've had a whole one, but I never saw it. We just kind of walked up looking for the ball. It was like, oh, my God, it's in the hole. So, Coop, we saw it. So, I was slashing it, Coop. And our caddy was an 83-year-old guy, like he was saying, old mole. He was smoking unfiltered cigarettes. And it's the 40-mile-an-hour wind. The wind almost threw him in the fucking... So he said, Laddie, Laddie, she's 135 on the ground, 165 in the air. Hit her as hard as you can to the left side of the green. And I just finally square went up. I hadn't made a par. Like he said, hit the back coop, and we watched it, buddy. We and, and I had that feeling in my stomach, and I looked at and boom, sure enough, fell down it went. So it was, it makes you think, Coop, like to be on your 40th with your best buddies in Ireland, it's kind of, it was yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, well, first of all, uh, I'm pretty sure Mo wasn't running down the fairway after you guys. No, no, Mo. He was probably, he took his time. Mo almost lost up uh, his clubs in the Mo's, Atlantic twice. He's going to die a happy yeah. man now, though. It's yeah. 83 years. He'd never seen a hole in one. He's caddied his whole life. Yeah. Huh? So he never says. Never seen a hole in one, he said. Yeah. Never seen a hole in one. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. right. it was. And I'm sure you probably kept arming him with cigars. Oh, yeah. But you should have seen this guy. So- I hope you'll love this. So I bring over a bunch <laughs> of Cubans for the boys. We fly over on a. You talk about the podcast world. We fly over our boy Billy Quinn's private plane. So I got about 30, 30, 
30 Cubans for the boy. <laughs> yeah. And Updog is sucking these fucking Cubans down, Coop. And I can't really smoke as much as I want because we're walking and I got my issues in my golf game. And the one day, it is it is blowing 40 and raining. It, it's coming sideways. And Uppy's trying to light the cigar. He goes, he's like, Caddy, bring that umbrella over here. I'm trying to fucking get this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. When are we going yeah. back? Yeah. Dad, when are we going back? No, it was all for good fun. Coop, I got I got a couple more questions for you on a personal level here. First of all, as ex players, we went through the schedule and, and Updog especially. He highlighted a couple places where he was excited to go. Do you do that as a coach? And second of all, do you got some new suits ready to rock? Because fella, you're one of the best dressed coaches in the league. Do you got some new ones ready to rock? Have you seen your tailor yet, or has he come right before opening night? Uh well, <laughs> I had one. I had one coming for the playoffs, and then uh, unfortunately. We didn't last very long, so uh, that was kind of a bummer. So that one, I'm counting that one as new. So that'll, I'll let you know on that one. Um, the so as a coach, <laughs> you, you have a big, you have a part of like when you fly into cities, when you fly out, when you stay, when you go, and naturally <laughs> there are, there are some cities that get a little bit more scrutiny than others, and so. Yeah. <laughs> do you sit down with the boys? Like, do you sit down that's with a couple be... of the boys and say, "All right, like this is this could be an option." What do we do? Like, do you bring the leaders in for that conversation, or are you kind of making that up with the assistant coach? <laughs> well, there's we take care of most of them. We can't give them too much power. That's true. Yeah, yeah. No. So uh, no, but we do. We do have the chat. Uh, I remember last year we had an opportunity. We were playing Dallas on the night before. Or the day before Super Bowl Sunday, we had a noon game against Dallas in the Super Bowl. Then we had like a couple days off, and we're like, "Well, it's noon, you know, noon in, in Dallas. We can be home by two, have Super Bowl at home, and then spend a couple days, and then fly out west." And uh, I gave that one to the boys, and <laughs> so like, okay, we're gonna I guess we're gonna make this, you know, potential seven day road trip a ten day. And uh, <laughs> no, so you. you <laughs> The uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, we're here like you're here to win, and we understand, yeah, we understand there are opportunities like, like Vegas. It's either we're every year, we're either going to Vegas on a back to back and we're out, or we're going four days early. That's just the way it's set up, and so it's like I've tried to figure out which way is the best time to go into Vegas. Uh, but in like I said, in all seriousness, the guys are pros, and it's uh, it's not so much when you go in there, it's at times, it's you know, do you stay the night in the city or 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 what have you? But I, I think a big part of the game is you know giving the guys an opportunity to have a little fun together. Because in all honesty, it is hard to find. And when you have these teams that have uh, you know so many guys, look, we used to have guys that have no kids on the team. Now we've got guys that have tons of kids. So when we're at home, they're uh, they spend a lot of time with their families. Hey, I got your schedule up here. Um... You got a nice little Western swing. You started in Vegas, San Jose, L.A. Then you play the Ducks Den it off on the 24th of March, and you don't play again until the 27th. So maybe uh, maybe, maybe fly out on the 25th. Eh? Maybe I have to stay that night. Maybe Koopa. I might have to stay that night in Orange County, bud. I'm trying to see. where. where I got you. Not till March. Down here in oh, March. I got you in not Mar till March. Not till March. So uh, just if you remember, just maybe fly out on the 25th. Eh? You, got, you, got, you, got the, you got the bees at home on the 27th, so. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a long uh, flight home, eh? Save the legs, save the legs, Coop. Get away, stay here. You know, time change. You don't want all that nonsense, Coop. Yeah, I'm sure 
Killarn will have the whole circuit figured out by then. Five months of uh, figuring the golf courses. I see it didn't take you long to uh, hunt him down for a golf game. No, I didn't. He's uh, the game's he's, good too. He's already an honorary member, and uh, oh. yeah, he's he's stri- he stripes the coop. It'll be interesting to see who takes over uh, as the top golfer on the team now, because uh, I think it was Killer was our guy. So now it's uh, it's up for grabs. Yeah. Well, Coop, listen, buddy, uh, we could do this all day with you. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time, buddy. You've been great to me and Updog here at Missing Curfew. You're an absolute beauty. Good luck this year. Keep those suits looking fresh because I love turning it on. But uh, good luck, buddy. We're pulling for you here, Coop. I appreciate you having me on, guys, and uh, keep doing good work for the game. It's uh, it's awesome to listen to you guys. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Coop. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew. Uh, Uppy, thanks to John Cooper. Uh, nice looking office there, eh? Like I'd say, like, I know you were pretty Stanley Cuffs. Your office looks great. There's a lot of hardware. In there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, that's a proper office. Like, I still miss tracksuit. What a pro! Well, I camp started. I mean, what time is it over there? Uh, six thirty. That's the thing about coaching too, right? Like, yeah. listen, we we cry poor on the studio. We come in the studio, in the air conditioned studio, for a couple hours. We fucking throw the paper and we go. Coaching's no joke. But he used to go to his training camp, going three hour rule. I just got here. I, I was just stepped foot in this rink three hours from now, I'm, and I'm out of here. I'm glad you bring that up. As my career went on, I was a big guy in the three-hour rule. Calgary, I'm going to bring it up again. Sorry, folks, Bob Hartley, that fucking pigeon. Fucking weekend. I'm like, boys, we've been here for four hours. Like, I don't want to be the guy to call the PA, but I will. I'll call the PA. I'm out of here after three hours. And for you guys listening, the three-hour rule is uh, it was instated by reinstated back in probably what 2012. Lockout when they yeah. they didn't let us play for eight months. You guys can't play. And uh, anyway, they took half our money, but they got um, you know they implemented three hours that you had to be at the rink for, and then you could just leave right after. Yeah, like they technically couldn't get you in shit. Like if you were doing a drill, it's three hours. You could just fucking pick up your stick and be like, "Sorry, boys, I'm out of I'm here. not doing this two on one. It's three hours." Yeah. Now, Uppy, was it three hours in the building or three hours on the ice? No, from the moment they told you, you have something to do. Yeah. So. You're getting there early. You're not just showing up from with your a cup morning, of coffee you and have jumping your, on the When ice. you have your morning dump, from three hours from your morning dump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think the dump was on the board. Yeah. Okay, have a coffee, get a heat pack, take a dump, and then what's that say? Shuttle runs? Fuck that. I'm like, not doing shuttle runs. PK meeting uh, in between P- that and uh, the shuttle runs. I'm going to have a... Times the PK meeting up. So I think we're missing it here. Fine, okay. <laughs> Oh, well, that was a fun uh, interview yeah, with Coop. I love John we Cooper. We could do that all day long, and, uh, you know, we're going to go see this cat somewhere on the road. We're going everywhere this yeah. year. Fella tour, Fella look tour. out. We're coming. So, Coop, thank you. Updog, you the man. I was missing curfew. Fella. Fella.